0: Welcome to the 10th episode of Eftro Livre, a podcast about the art of Pesach and Rav Moshe Feinstein's Igrot Moshe. We're discussing specifically questions of evidence, when you're allowed to decide, even though there's still evidence you could conceivably get, when you must decide, even though there's evidence you must conceivably get, and when the Pesach has discretion. The tshuva we're discussing in this episode is from 5737, Lama It's addressed to Rav Moshe Tzvi uh, so far as I can tell. This is the only uh triva we have in Moshe, addressed to Rav Pollen. And the question is straightforward. There's a man who comes from Russia and he wants to marry a woman here in the United States. And when he was asked, um, have you married previously? He answers, Yes, I was married um, I, well, I was together with a woman, um, doesn't use the word marriage necessarily, in Russia, but without Chuppah v'Kedushin, there was no Jewish marriage, and we separated while I was still in Russia. And as this man heard, she had also left Russia, and she's found someplace um, in Israel, and the question is, should the uh, Rabbi Poland be Messiah kadushin for this man or not? So if Moshe answers the question on the most straightforward of levels, he didn't get slain to Huneman, metama pesha Sarhu hu From our perspective, we would never have known that he was married in Russia, and therefore hapesha asar He's the only one who told us he had ever been married, and he claims there's no chub of a gedushin, so that should be enough. Now that's not quite the case, because um, he's, we can believe him about everything he tells us, and nonetheless believe that what, that what he tells us, even though he says there was no hub of the kedushin, still constitutes Halachic Kiddushin. Um, when he by invoking a Pesha Asa Rav only really solves one part of the question, which is, do we believe that there was no hub of a kedushin? He doesn't solve the second question, which is, is he free to remarry? So now he says, So he says, you know what, in addition to his credibility, it's uh, there's also an overwhelming rogue that most Jews in Russia at this time, um, again, we're in the um, mid '70s, um, do not um, do not marry with a condition. Okay, so that's still a um, still begs the question of whether what the whether the manner in which they live together still requires a get. Um, he says, now he gets to the, to the heart of the matter. And he says, even though there are some people, we know specifically Rav Yosef Elio Henkin, um, who in fact was um, was concerned about, um, really, Paskin that you require a get from and Nesui Kos, Loshayach Shana doesn't apply to Russia. Why? Because they just have to list themselves as a couple, and either of them can part with just unlisting themselves. It's not clear exactly what um, Moshe is saying here, w- why that doesn't constitute Halachic um, Kedushin, um, but he seems to be showing a general unseriousness. It doesn't take any any kind of... Um, from his perspective, it doesn't take anything to separate them. And furthermore, he says, He says, And sometimes the government separates them and the government is utterly unconcerned as to this one being here and this one being there. So it sounds like, if I'm reading Rav Moshe correctly, it's not that they're unconcerned, it's that the government is unconcerned about it and therefore this can't possibly be considered marriage. That also is a very interesting idea that um, because the government doesn't recognize it, And, uh, right, and that's what makes it unserious. Very odd argument. Um, So the underlying nature (coughs) of the relationship is not ishuz kvua mamish. So the word mamish is always a a red flag to those of us who are looking for precise formulations. If you have to say mamish, it means you don't have a formulation that works without an emphatic. Um, but Moshe says, se- cle- "This is clearly that ishus kavua." So now we have the beginnings of a definition that that marriage requires ishus kavua. Uh, but it might be that was ri- that part of what's driving him, uh, driving him is if you re- since in the Soviet Union n- nobody is getting divorced with Gittin, and I think that's the same thing that drives um, drives many postgame in the U.S. You'll just have rampant zeros and that is so. By not recognizing the marriages, you are preventing mamzeros. Perhaps that's what's driving around Moshe here. In any case, he makes these two arguments. One is, um, one is that there's an overwhelming majority, but again, that doesn't solve it. So his two arguments about uh, the invalidity of the marriage are, one, all you have to do to end the marriage is for either party to, uh, to unsign, although he doesn't make clear that it's either party, that, it's no, that either party can divorce without the consent of the other, but I think that's what he means. And secondly, that the government separates, the, separates married couples without concern for leaving one behind or other, which, again, I think is a, um, I, I guess i might say from an American perspective um, that those in power don't recognize your marriages doesn't mean that your marriages aren't um, deep and sincere. Uh, and shouldn't have legal force, right? This you know, is going to raise the slavery issues for us. If I'm reading Rav Moshe correctly, that is uh, an argument that uh, Americans uh, you might even find distasteful, um, but I'm not sure I'm reading him correctly, and the outcome in this case is that he prevents uh, he prevents and in the case of this man also, and many other um, uh, people who left Russia and, and do not have a, a realistic chance of finding the people they were living together with in Russia, uh, this is certainly a very positive p'sak. Um and he says, Look, and it seems to me that all civil marriages get it seems to me more likely that we don't require a get, uh, has differently nuance, different nuances of this position, um, in many chivot. But when it's possible to get a get, maybe it's a good idea to get a get. Other places of is more definite. Uh, I think the downside of of uh, trying to get a get is that, of course, um, it makes people take the marriage more seriously in other cases, and therefore can lead to um, cases Egon and because people take the chumra too seriously. Okay. The K'var have become comments of Tshuvasi, and I already explained this um, in various places in Egon's Moshe. Now we get to the heart, to the issue that is at the heart of our series. Therefore, if there is no way to verify whether or not the original marriage was bechup of a Kiddushhan, we can believe him because a And that really should be dispositive. But now he says, Avalim but if it's possible in some way to verify whether the Kidushin was done was uh, whether the, the the marriage was done bechup of a Kiddushin, Ad Zman until uh, at some point before the time that is established for his, um, upcoming, uh, remarriage. Tov it's better to clarify it. D'ula yasusham of a because maybe they made a chub of a Kedushin here. So that's a very strange, uh, notion. We have a Pesha Asaru pesha Yedir. We have an overwhelming rove. Um, not clear how great the odds are of finding, of finding out what happened in Russia back then. You could ask the man if he had friends who were there, I guess. Um, this is an odd case to ask for F Leveri, and Ravosha's language also, so he doesn't think you have to, so clearly it's not a, uh, it's not a chiv to be Mivara. Um it's not like, as we've seen in other cases, that, oh, it's not even a suffix if you're not Meveri, or, or you're looking away from obvious evidence, so why does Ramosha do this? So, it could just be that Rav always thinks it's better to be Mavara if you can, um, but it's possible there's a clue in the next line as well. Even though there's no reason to be machmir on this man at all. But you have to be extremely careful when there's a risk of igud. So maybe what Rav Moshe is saying, if it depends how you read the continuity, is that for, for the sake of the man, there's no reason to be machmir, but there's another party involved here, there's the woman. And if the man is not telling the truth, we really believe him. He's telling the truth. But if he's not telling the truth, then his wife is going to be um, is going to be stuck, and we really don't want that. Therefore, um, do like because maybe when, if, when at some point they'll find the woman. and she'll say they did have condition in Russia, but she's going to ask for um, for a get. And maybe he won't be so into giving a get then, whether because he's not a good person or because it's very difficult when you're already married to... Right, it's emotionally difficult, you're already married, you want to give a get, uh, then you have to give a get to another woman your wife thinks that she was engaged in bigamy. Um, all sorts of reasons. So Rebbe Moshe says, Therefore, So we should require him to give a get, um, right, give the get to a shliach in case she should want it at some future time. Um... And you write the, the shamos, uh, her shemos as he gives them. Obviously you can't verify with her because you haven't found her. Because we have no basis for engaging in further investigation about her names. As long as we get one name right, as long as he's being straight with us, we'll get one name right and that should be enough to make the get a Vim um, even if it's just a nickname. get. But if we can't even write a get, either because we just can't be clear about the names, or there's some element of expense involved, um, or he's just not right... I'm not sure what else there would be, why he wouldn't be able to write a get. I guess it could be a question of money. I'm not sure. Maybe there isn't enough time. I don't know. Um, but if for whatever reason a get can't be written and given to a shliach, biktav edim, So if you can't get a get out of him now, then you should require him to write a commitment uh, in front of witnesses, that if the woman comes and uh, demands a get, then he will be obligated to give her a get immediately, without any um, without any attempts to uh, any com- any complaints or attempts to demand money or any other uh, any other issues. Uh, it's not clear exactly what the level of this chayvus is. Chermosh uh, doesn't say he should take a shvua, um, and maybe he's worried that there are get moose issues if he actually takes a shvua. Uh, he just writes that he'll be chayav. Interesting uh, interesting language. Uh, It seems to me that what um, may be going on here, the reason Rav Moshe requires Efsher Livruri here, so just as in the first shuvah we did, I think, um, or one of the first shuvahs we did, Rav Moshe said that you had to make it, even though there was more evidence to get, but because you'd possibly be be delaying a woman's remarriage and you had enough evidence to decide, Um, And you had to go ahead and not wait to get the further evidence because delaying a woman's marriage is like Egon, and that's a major thing. So here Moshe says that um, even though there's no reason not to let the man remarry from his perspective, and we're not worried about him, but there's the specter of Egon in the background if it turns out that he misremembered, say. And therefore Moshe says, let's do everything we can to establish to our uh, satisfaction as best we can. That there was no hope of the condition. finding the woman apparently seems to be a, a, a there's no hope of that at least in, before the man's wedding um, so let's at least do that and then he says look and even if we can't we try to be Mavara and we can't uh, the, or there's there's no way to be Mavara, so you still should require. Um, the man to be mashli should get. This is consistent with Rav Moshe's position, as we saw elsewhere. That you, um, right, that if you give give a heter me'r that the man has to be should get. Rav Moshe is very, very insistent that there be no circumstance in which you allow the man to remarry without doing everything conceivable to ensure that if the woman wants to remarry, she will be able to uh, as well. Okay. I look forward to seeing you at episode eleven.